As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to a holiday edition of the Total Soccer Show. I think my voice cracked there. I'm not entirely sure. My name is Taylor Rockwell. I have two lovely gentlemen with me today. The first one, the most lovely. Oh, this is a. I've backed myself into a corner here. <laughs> Equally <laughs> lovely is Ryan Bailey. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Tay What a pleasure to be introduced first. <laughs> I'm going to go with alphabetical, right? Yes, BL. There we go. And Hello. also with me is Mr. Joe Lowry. Hello, Joe. Hello, Taylor. Hello, Ryan. Ryan, I'm happy to give you the, the first introductory honors of sorts, even though I had no control over how that went down. I feel kind of bad that I did take first spot now, to be fair. I'd like, can we re-record? Can we start again? <laughs> I have to say, listeners, this is, we usually don't record with video. We are doing that this time so we can all see each other and ideally not interrupt a ton. Ryan, you could not have been less sincere when you said, I do feel bad about that. He's like casually holding his cup of coffee, just like, oh, I feel very bad about that. You do not at all. I'll- I was doing the Mr. Burns excellent hands while I said it. Yes, you're quite right. But it is nice to see you both. I've never seen Taylor do his intro before. And he had his arms up in the air. And it looked like he was very enthusiastic. As enthusiastic as one would hope when uh, Taylor does his enthusiastic intro. And Joe, meanwhile, is... Um, is rec- I think, um, <laughs> have you been listening to Nine Inch, uh, Nine Inch Nails records a lot this morning, Joe? Because it looks like you've got a very gothic vibe going on. You seem to be in a cellar. Uh, you're wearing a, a black shirt that says birds aren't real on it. Um, you know, it's Christmas time, right? It, it is Christmas time. I, in my defense, I was not aware we were recording with video today. That was not communicated to me by management or whoever is in charge of this app. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't know genuinely that we were recording, we were recording on video, but that really wouldn't have changed anything. This is my setup. Bobby Warshaw made fun of it when he came on MLS Assist with Jordan and I. So I'm at this point pretty impervious to the critique of my recording setup. I do feel it necessary to point out, I do see several nutcrackers in the background, I think, so he has gone slightly festive, but they, because (laughs) of the lighting setup, just look more so like your slightly minion army, which is a little bit terrifying, Joe. I feel like it's an intimidating approach Joe's gone with here. It's a power move, what can I say? It's dramatic lighting as well, it's the underlighting, it's very uh, 1930s horror movie. 
the <laughs> and meanwhile, I have just gone with sheet in background so you can't see the chaos of my home. That's, that's how we block everything out. Uh, but we are here today, the three of us. Uh, Myself and my wonderful two colleagues, co-hosts, who have been steering the ship in my absence. But we're going to continue a total soccer show tradition on today's show of giving out some some holiday gifts. Uh, we're not really going to give gifts because that requires money and time and planning. We're just going to kind of come up with some things that we would like to get people. Some of them maybe less realistic than others. Uh, I think in the past, I'm trying to think of good ones. Like I think I gave Jose Mourinho Russian lessons because I was pretty sure he was going to be managing in Russia at some point. We go with things like that. Uh, I'll start us off just to give us like a slight example. Um, I would like to give Mauricio Pochettino the Hang In There Kitty poster just because <laughs> I feel like that man continues to be waiting and waiting and waiting for a job to come. And no job has yet materialized. He's been rumored with a lot. But I feel like he needs that maybe that motivation to kind of stay focused, to stay in, in belief that he will eventually get the Manchester United job, which I feel like will happen one day. But until then, he just needs to hang in there and stay motivated. You're implying there, Tate, that uh, Mauricio Pochettino is in some kind of distress waiting for this job, whereas I feel like he's sitting there going, I'm the most desirable manager <laughs> in the world. Any job I want can come my way if I want it. I've just been paid many millions to take a little break from my previous job. Life is hard. I will, I will be honest with you. Here is what I picture. Joe's exact recording setup, except remove Joe in the recording and just put <laughs> Poch in there, and he's just sitting in a sort of darkened room. Waiting for the phone to ring, and it's just sitting there not ringing. Ted Lasso is getting gigs, but Mauricio Pochettino is not. I'll do you one better. There is space for Pochettino and I under this bed, so we can really make that happen if you'd like to get on a flight. Nah, maybe that's not the best idea, but when, when that's the right time, you can come down here to Phoenix and we can make that happen. I like that Joe backed out of the, I shouldn't invite him here, and not the, come and get into my like, like comfy recording bed space underneath another bed, I believe it was. <laughs> okay. I, li- I like it, Joe. I like it a lot. So yes, Mauricio Pochettino, I'm giving the hang in there kitty poster. Uh, since I introduced Ryan first, why don't we go to Joe? Joe, uh, what's one gift you'd like to give all right so one gift on my list of things that i want to send out to soccer people is i want to give kyle beckerman a set of racquetball paddles and there's a there's reasoning behind this i promise it's actually an entire racquetball set but that's that's beside the point he needs something to do in retirement right guys i mean he just retired from real salt lake he strikes me as the kind of guy who needs to stay competitive even when the boots are being hung in in his closet Mm -hmm. or whatever it is he needs something to do something to stay busy I think racquetball is the way to go until he inevitably picks up uh, his whistle and starts coaching. My brain is so fatigued that when I heard racquetball, what I pictured was paddleball, like the thing you play at the beach. And I was like, Joe, you've, you've got an interesting route here. Racquetball, racquetball makes sense because he does also feel like he has <laughs> that, that physical fitness required. Ryan, have you played the racquetball before? You, you seem like a fellow who would have played racquetball or maybe squash. Are you a, a squasher? Yeah, I think squash is the more European version of that slightly smaller ball and um, different rules slightly. <laughs> I have played both. Both are very, very hard and both make you very exhausted at the end of them. Why, why did your brain go to racquetball there, Joe? Can you walk me through that? I mean, it was really a toss-up between squash, pickleball, and racquetball and we ended up with racquetball. Hang on, you just said pickleball. What? Pickleball. It's another favorite of mine. Is that like a pickle rick thing? What is that? So pickleball is like tennis, but on a smaller court and it's with a, more of like a wiffle ball, kind of a hardened exterior smaller ball and you you just whack it back and forth over the net it's great fun i'd recommend it see i feel like i've been in this country 10 years and yet i learn new things every day you crazy games that you guys invent thank you very much for i had had like four friends in high school who were 
super into pickleball and played it all the time and were thrown off of uh, one of the tennis courts in Richmond by one of our former city councilmen, who I think was indicted shortly thereafter. <laughs> Not saying they were related, but maybe don't throw people off of a pickleball court slash tennis ball court, and we see what happens. <laughs> all right, so we're giving uh, – we got some, some racquetball gear going to Kyle Beckerman. We've got a Hello Kitty poster. Nope. Hang in there, Kitty. Hello Kitty poster, maybe, if Pochettino needs that as well. Ryan, what's one gift you want to give? I do have a gift for uh, Maurizio Pochettino, but I'd like to save it a little bit later because I want to dedicate my first gift to another manager of another kind, Mr. Hansi Flick. Ooh. And uh, because I have gone the distance and actually found the presents I want to give, I'm sending a link to you both right now for the gift which I would like to give him. You see, Hansi <laughs> Flick had a, a good year in many ways. Uh, you know, he won a treble. You might remember that. Took uh-huh. over a team and you know who were kind of in a, a, a bad place by their own standards in Bayern Munich. Um, and then the FIFA Best FIFA Best Best FIFA Best FIFA Best Best Awards were um, two weeks ago, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. This it's the Best Best FIFA Best Best Awards, yes. Mm-hmm. So the Manager Award, the Best Best FIFA Best Best Manager Award came up and it was given to Jurgen Klopp, um, who you might note did not win a treble of any kind last season. But just out of consolation, you know, Hansi Flick, um, for all his credits, he did win a domestic treble. His side didn't lose 7-2 to Aston Villa at any point. He didn't blame the wind for a drawing with Everton at any point. He turned up to all his cup games, I think you'll find. So uh, the present I've got him, I found it on eBay. It's a best coach ever trophy. It's like kind of a mug. I think he could have some nice, um, some nice tea out of it if he wanted to. It says best coach ever. And in the uh, subscript, the man, the myth, the legend. Yavol, I like it. You're welcome, Hansi. It's got the, the big ears as well. It's got the, mm. the, two, the two handles. So it does, like, you know, remind you a little bit of the European Cup. And then it is uh, also made in China, which I'm going to assume that trophy is as well. Why not? <laughs> sure. And it's only $6.50. So it fits well within my budget. And you managed hey, Ryan, to... you said. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Ryan, you said there's going to be tea in there, but I think it's far more likely that it turns into some sort of alcoholic beverage, most likely beer, that Hansi Flick will be drinking from there. But, I mean, it's, it's, multi, it's multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that about it. I think the problem is if it gets into Thomas Muller's hands, he will put beer in it and it will be poured over Hansi Flick at some point. <laughs> so we have to avoid that uh, situation <laughs> happening. But I think he'll, he'll get the gesture from us here. It's not quite a FIFA Best 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 FIFA Best Best award, but it's pretty close, I'd say. On a serious note for you, like, do you think he is, if not the best manager, like one of the best managers in Europe right now, do you feel like he is a little bit disrespected? In all seriousness, Jurgen Klopp might probably have the edge on him. Uh, but I do feel, I, I feel it's very odd that at a FIFA ceremony, he would not get the recognition of winning a treble, albeit he had pretty good weapons to start with. But you look at when he took over and, you know, there was a pretty poor first half of the season for Bayern Munich at that point. I would argue that he has made them the best team in the world by far. And that is something which you should get credit for. It is tough to make Bayern Munich into a, a performing team, but he has found a way. I guess it was hard for Nico Kovac, maybe less hard for Hansi Flick. Uh, <laughs> Joe, do you have any, any thoughts on the gift? Any thoughts on Hansi Flick before we move on? Hansi Flick is a good soccer coach. That's not a hot take, but I, I do stand by that. Jurgen Klopp, also a good soccer coach. <laughs> Boom. The hottest wow. of hot We are laying the hot takes today. <laughs> uh, I would like to talk about different managers. One former, and I'm sure will once again be a manager uh, when he is employed again, but I'm giving Miguel Herrera and Ante Razov friendship bracelets because I think they need it. <laughs> I think after their kerfuffle, their scrap, their dust-up, uh, I think they just need to be reminded that they can be buddies. There were moments 
in that way I thought they were going to get along, and then it turned into fisticuffs and shoving. So I just want them, you know, just some braided friendship bracelets. Maybe they could put each other's initials on them, but I think it's a good way for them to stay connected, uh, even during their suspensions. Would you braid them together so they sort of tie together? That probably needs to be a feature, right? Then you've got to Mm. find a way to make them interlocking, but they can separate. No, I want interwoven friendship bracelets that they have to wear at the same time. So they just have to walk together like they're handcuffed for the next couple weeks. That is a sitcom I would watch. Let's get the two of them physically connected to each other and see which one of them murders the other first. Joe, do you have a bet on that um, one? <laughs> uh, I think probably Ante Razov is going to strike. He struck more or less the first blow, at least the hardest blow, against Miguel Herrera the other night in CCL. So I'm going to go with him because he seems he seems like a downright fighter. All right, I like that one. Miguel Herrera, though, we've seen it, the gif of him turning into an anime character. I believe it is. So he I love maybe that. has I love special that. powers. Ryan, what about you? Between Ante Razov think- and Miguel Herrera. Well, I think you're going to have to make it a pretty stern stuff. Like, the material is mm-hmm. going to be had to be pretty hard-wearing because I think it's going to go through some stuff. But I will say, I think... Have you taken this idea from a Friends episode? Was there not a Friends episode where I think it was Joey and Chandler got matching bracelets and they, uh, Joey said, we can be bracelet buddies, and Chandler's like, that's what they'll call us! <laughs> I have not, but I do remember that one. Uh, those were gold, I believe. Very bright and gaudy gold. So maybe that's, that's right. the other way to go as opposed to woven... Friendship bracelets. I may also have been shopping for my nieces yesterday. If this is in any way related, it might well be. <laughs> uh, so I think I do. I, Go ahead. I do have another CCL related gift. Please. If I can hop in here, and it is also related to that Miguel Herrera Ante Razov incident in that CCL game. I want to give Bob Bradley a walkie-talkie. So Herrera got sent to the stands. He got a red card for that scuffle. Ante Razov, I believe, got sent off as well. Although it was really unclear from the broadcast. Still not really sure what happened with all of that. But Herrera got sent to the stands and was still, by all appearances, coaching his team through a walkie-talkie while subtle. sitting in the in the eighth row of Exploria Stadium in Orlando. I, I think we need to give Bob Bradley a walkie-talkie, too, just in case he gets sent off at some point next year. I mean, I, I just want him to have all the same resources afforded to former Club America manager Miguel Herrera. I find Bob Bradley mildly to very intimidating, so... Maybe he needs that, but I'm kind of operating under the assumption that he has the technology from uh, The Dark Knight, I believe it was, uh, in which like he's just monitoring all communications at all times to know everything that's being said, but also be able to scout like young Uruguayan potential designated players. So maybe the walkie-talkie helps with the communication a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Bob Bradley would appreciate that. I think Bob Bradley already has one. I think he's the kind of guy who does like CB trucker radio. Like, breaker, breaker, this is Smokey Bear, do you copy? I've got eyeballs on a... I don't know. He's just talking to Michael Bradley from, from L.A. to Toronto, 24-7. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to assume also occasionally talking trash to Sebastian Salazar, just in case he's out there. He's, he's using it for those purposes as well. I also can't hear the word walkie-talkie because of Brian Regan without laughing, just because it is the most ludicrously named piece of technology ever. This incredibly advanced piece of technology that we call walkie-talkie. There we are. Uh, so two CCL... Gifts uh, related there. Ryan, where are we going next? I would like to take things to La Liga. Um, I want to dedicate a gift, or give a gift rather, to Yunus Musa. Um, who I saw Taylor's ears prick up there like a puppy dog who's just uh, heard the word walkies. Apologies if I've said walkies and you're listening to a speaker and your doggy is uh, is interested in that. Yunus Musa has had 12 Liga appearances. He got the goal, of course, in the uh, 4-1 win over Real Madrid, which we discussed way back when, Taylor. My original gift for him was to get him an England shirt. 
No. Uh, I thought, you know, he, he could get used to it. He's worn it a few times before. But then he had to go and play Wales and Panama and ruin it all. So uh, I've had to donate that. I donated it to a lovely charity. Um, a char- it's called Close for Brexit Voters. It's for Brexit <laughs> voters who've had economic hardships. Um, you know, it really helps the bigoted racists get back on their feet. Anyway, um, that's not what I'm going to be giving out. It's um, what I've got is it's a gift card from LegalZoom. Uh, You didn't know that LegalZoom gave out gift cards, Taylor, but I'm giving one to Yunus Musa so he can get a restraining order against you, Taylor. (laughs) I mean, it'll be necessary. I feel like if he continues to do things as he is, uh, yeah, maybe that's not the worst idea. I also feel like that was a sneaky plug for LegalZoom. Like, are you getting some money on the side, Ryan? Is that what we're finding out on this episode? No, absolutely not. I'm not getting any money. Use code uh, Bailey if you want to get automatic restraining orders uh, against any (laughs) podcast hosts of any kind. And if your name's Eunice Musa, you've got one coming to you right now. You're very welcome. Uh, This this is uh, basically because I know you love him. And I think you might love him too much. That's fair. Although I would say in terms of American soccer, Twitter and podcasting, uh, I am not the only one who's getting some some restraining orders, I'm guessing, towards some young Americans playing abroad. I know you're joking, but I did want to ask Ryan, like, do you still have like England just have so much talent coming through so consistently and you all do so very little with it. But generally speaking, you've got a lot of talent. (laughs) Um, I had to get you back for that one. Um, (laughs) When you... When there is a player like that, like Yunus Musa is maybe not even a great example because there's still so much unknown about him. It's not as though he's this proven world-class quality that you all missed out on. But do you feel those same sort of pangs that I think Joe and I feel whenever there's a dual national who chooses another country? I feel the pangs when I watch Borussia Dortmund, when I see Jaden Sancho, Jude, uh, Jude Bellingham, when I see Erling Haaland, when I see Gio Reyna, four Englishmen. Who and only two of them are going to represent England. All you know, well, at least at least three of them born in the UK, mm-hmm. and some chose other paths. Taylor. So you, I feel like you could England with Holland would be a fascinating thing to see, and it would mean that Harry Kane maybe doesn't start every single game, and I think that would cause some problems for England fans. It might do, but if you watch Harry Kane historically for England, I don't, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over that. He doesn't have him win Sun for a start when uh, England play, so that that doesn't help him very much. But I, I I think I think I just think of what it could have been, you know, with him and maybe Gio Reyna behind him, could have been great, could have been so great. This wasn't this wasn't on my list or anyone else's, I assume. But man, I think we should have given Erling Holland to literally any national federation but norway just to see what on earth would happen and how much those other those other nations in those federations and confederations would would be just so upset at that because he's unreal and he would be just delicious at any team we we always like joked around with the idea of for the world cup if you had like every every team like say you have 32 teams or four, soon to be 48 let's say you have 48 teams you let 47 qualify and then the the final one is a team composed entirely of the best players from the countries that didn't make it that would be one route or the other one that i really enjoyed was the idea of you have a draft of the teams that did qualify and everybody gets to choose one player not from their national team to participate with their their team and you go by fifa ranking uh, worst team gets first pick so the idea of Erling Haaland playing for, like, New Zealand at the next World Cup also appeals to me. Though Norway could very well make it. You never know. But I like the idea of Haaland being in the World Cup for some random random country, like England or the United States. Those would be fine, too. <laughs> very random. Uh, since you took us to La Liga, I will stay there. I would like to give Barcelona several hundred million dollars so that they can finance their debt. 
But I'm aware you... that they would just use that to buy Alfonso Davies or Paul Pogba or somebody like that. So I'm just going to give Barcelona Paul Pogba. And that in no way is informed by my frustrations towards that player or his agent and my readiness to see him moved on from Manchester United. But let's just get him to Barcelona and see what happens. Why not? Do you, want, him, no? do you want Barcelona to get better? What, what, what is the um, motive here? Because I'm not sure that's going to be the result. I think I just want it to get more murky. And I feel like you throw Pogba into that one now. There's more questions about the midfield. Ronald Koeman has to find more variations on how not to win uh, or how not to get his team playing particularly well and how you kind of get all that blended together. And mostly I just wanted to take a shot at Barcelona who continue to spend money while not paying their players as much uh, and, you know, not, uh, not investing that wisely. So let's give them several hundred million dollars or Paul Pogba and see what happens. A legitimate question for you, Taylor or Ryan or, or both of you. Would Paul Pogba make Barcelona better? I mean, I know this is tongue-in-cheek and you, you just kind of want him out of Manchester United, but would he make that, that Ronald Koeman team better? I, I think, so I will add, like I, I have seen those stories from him about how he doesn't feel like he's fully recovered from COVID yet. He feels like he still doesn't have the lung capacity or the fitness levels he did prior to getting the virus. So I don't want to make light of that necessarily. I think a lot of it, my frustration with him is rooted in my frustrations with his agent and how he tends to say unhelpful things at unhelpful times. Me, no. To, to answer your question, Joe, I think he probably does make them better because I think a hungry Paul Pogba who's really trying to prove himself is a very good, dangerous, probably the best version of Paul Pogba. And we saw that when he first went to Juve and he wanted to prove Alex Ferguson wrong. I think we saw that with France in the World Cup where he was sort of the knock on him had been, how do you fit him in? He's not a team player. We don't know his best position. And he kind of just does exactly what Didier Deschamps asks, and he wins the World Cup. Or France win, but he's a big part of that. Uh, and I think that was kind of what happened when he first came back to Manchester United. It felt like it was all about him. He was the man. Everybody was buying into him. Let's see what happens. And I think if you move him to Barcelona, a club of that stature, who it wouldn't be the Barcelona who were in treble form or winning three titles in a row, it would be a Barcelona team that I think would maybe welcome him and be very excited to have that level of midfield steal. I think it does complicate things because they have such a large squad with a number of different young players who maybe could be getting more minutes but aren't. But I think he probably makes them better. That is my long-winded answer. I go to you now, Ryan. He couldn't make them worse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we'll bring it back to you, Joe. What do you think? Does it make him better or worse? I don't I'm torn, honestly, and that's why I wanted to get your your guys' opinions on this. I think Paul Pogba is obviously a very good soccer player, but I think Barcelona's problems, not structurally from a club standpoint, but even their on-field problems, would not be fixed by Paul Pogba. I think they need a more defined offensive structure. I think they need more defined transition structures as they move from defense to attack and from attack to defense. Those are the things that I think need to be improved first, and papering over those with big signings of very top-tier players is not a sustainable strategy and probably not the best idea either. But what if would we he sit went... next to De Jong? Where, where, would he, where would he be? Like in a little two with De Jong or something? That would be incredibly fun. And I would love to see that. I would probably even pay to see that. I think that is the spot. And then you put Pedri or, or Coutinho in front of them and, and do a 4-2-3-1 or some sort of shape like that. You could even try a 4-3-3 with either De Jong or Busquets at the base and then have Pedri and Pogba play as those kind of dual number eights. You could do a lot of different things, but yeah, I, I'm not sure it fixes any of the real problems that actually need to be fixed. 
the obvious solution here to go with a topical reference from Mad Max uh, Beyond Thunderdome is a Master Blaster situation in which it's Paul Pogba with Lionel Messi on his shoulders. And Lionel Messi sort of yes. running the show can hop off if he needs to, but you have them as a unit, and I think that makes them uh, sort of a, a like, uh, like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They combined and their giant uh, creation that they make can fight all these things. That's another great reference from my childhood that I'm sure you both <laughs> have seen a lot of. I can tell by Ryan's completely disinterested face that he does not know much about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I, I, I do a little bit. I was thinking more of Vince Adultman from uh, Bojack Horseman, which is two children on each other's shoulders in a raincoat. That was the image I was getting. But that does solve the image, uh, it does solve the problem of uh, Leo Messi not really wanting to run anymore. If he was on someone's shoulders, that would help a lot. Yeah, there we go. We did it, folks. We solved it Woo! here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Uh, Joe, let's go to you. What's your next gift you're giving out? So we talked a little bit about Ronald Koeman. I want to talk about another manager, another prominent manager in Europe. It's Julian Nagelsmann. And I, I want to get Julian Nagelsmann a black suit with a white dress shirt <laughs> and a black tie. And I, I know we started this show off with, with <laughs> describing my recording setup, which is very dark and drab. And I'm not really a, a dark kind of person. Yeah, and I'm we, all we know, for Jeff. fashion. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for fashion. But I think we could keep things just a little bit simpler than a bright red hoodie with bright red joggers. Or he's got a gray plaid suit somewhere in the arsenal. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, a pink bow tie with some pink slacks, which are admittedly cool. Little, little some spring vibes in there. But I think... Let's get him the Zinedine Zidane. Ooh, that's a tough one for me, at least. Let's get him the Zidane wardrobe, and, and we can start him back at square one and then have him expand his wardrobe from there. I mean, I take your point because, like, I think you could go the kind of simple route. Uh, and, like, he's already a high-profile enough manager that I feel like we don't need to be distracted by the, the strange outfit choices. And I feel like he, he tends to rotate outfits, like, in-game. Like, I think he prepares for, I'm going to take the jacket off, but the vest I'm going to have on will match the tie, and it's all going to be this perfect look. But it ends up being slightly odd, I think, because he goes the the extra medium route when it comes to his sizing, and I think that doesn't help either. So, Joe, I think a a very, like, elegant suit that's maybe tailored uh, to fit him the right way. I, I'm with you. I think it makes him more comfortable. I think maybe the players respond to it. I like this idea. 
I like the fact that you want to add more to his wardrobe, but I think we should just add more crazy stuff as well, frankly. I don't want you to crush <laughs> his spirit necessarily. Uh, I, I like that, you know, a lot of German managers, you only, you've, you've either got the suit, the tracksuit, or the, the young German manager look of blue jeans, white sneakers, and like a, a, a button down under a sensible sort of sweater, which I think Nagelsmann has rocked as well a little bit. But why not just mix it up a little bit? It's a bit fun, isn't it? Having him on the sidelines looking utterly ridiculous. Why not? I do like the the idea of like sending Marie Kondo to his house to to simplify and get rid of some things, and she just every single thing. She's like, "Does this pink hoodie spark joy? It does. Uh, does this like sequined vest that you're going to wear with the pink hoodie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sparks joy. Like everything just stays. He will get rid of nothing. I'll tell you what. I am I am more offended by Pep Guardiola's wardrobe than Yuli Nagelsmann's wardrobe because of the knitwear. Wow. Because of the knitwear. Uh, have you ever been to Manchester, Joe? I have not. 364 days a year, it rains, okay, in Manchester. It's, the sky is permanently grey, trust me. He wears heavy knitwear in Manchester all the time, which, why, why do that? You can, you can have something waterproof. You can have something a bit warmer. I don't get that. That bugs me all the time. Uh, to my American sensibilities, I'm slightly more irked by Julian Nagelsmann dressing like a tomato than I am by Pep Guardiola's knitwear. But I see where you're coming from, Ryan, and I support you. Thank you. My, my theory on, on Pep Guardiola, uh, he was wearing, like a couple seasons ago, he was consistently wearing shoes that looked like Adidas Sambas, but had two more stripes. So they had five stripes. And I looked them up, and I think those retailed for like $500. So my guess is just that his sweaters are incredibly expensive, but he bought them, and he's going to wear them no matter what, even if it's pouring rain, and they go from weighing one pound to weighing 40 pounds by the end of a game. He's sticking with it. So, Ryan, does that mean you're getting Pep Guardiola some, like, some good outerwear for Christmas? Yes, because our relative net worths dictate that I should be buying him presents, correct? <laughs> what, what is another gift you're going to be giving then? Uh, can I, I'll move to a different manager, actually, in the Premier League. I'm going to go for Chris Wilder, if you don't mind. Um, so I, I, maybe I'll send you a link to this one as well. I found something on eBay for him. I'm just going to copy the link over because it's been a tough year for Chris Wilder, has it not? Well, at least half the year has been tough for him. So I wanted to get him a little sense, something to up his spirits. It's a Mercedes hood emblem. Um, that you would get from a a Mercedes motor vehicle. You know, you get those nice ones on the hood of the car. Uh, I just wanted him to have three points. That's all I wanted. (laughs) And the Mercedes hood level will very much cover it for him. Now, I did a bit of research, and I'm not sure he even drives very much. I've read an article on the BBC about how he likes to ride the bus, and he rides the bus around Sheffield. But, you know, I thought this might be better. Just something that will give him three points this year. Is, is it not the time for giving and the time for being generous like that? That's what I, that was the rationale behind this. I thought this was going to be like a knockoff Mercedes joke. I wasn't like the unexpected pun is a pun that I can appreciate. So uh, well done to you, sir. Uh, I, like I do like the idea then of a, a, like not the three point route, but just the representation of like like who's getting the Kia hood ornament in the Premier League? <laughs> Shots fired at hmm. I guess Kia drivers. Someone, Sorry, uh, someone whose agent is Kia Jorbertson, I would imagine. There we go. All right, would, cool. would we'll go the literal route. We'll go the literal route. Um, <laughs> I will stay in the Premier League then, and I would like to give uh, Arsenal fans a set of rose-colored glasses and a photo of Arsene Wenger. Uh, I would like to give all of them that so that they can look upon him fondly and remember the better days, maybe remember them too fondly. Um, and I think this is... Sort of a re-gift, I do apologize, because this is what was given to Manchester United fans a few seasons ago, just with a photo of Sir Alex Ferguson. So we're, we're used to this gift, and we feel like maybe it could work well for Arsenal fans. So I would like them to have some moment of happiness in an otherwise less happy time period.
I think that's genius, Taylor. You got to give them something to hang on to because right now there's there's really nothing to attach Ars- for, nothing for Arsenal fans to attach themselves to that brings joy this holiday season. I think you've done that quite well in in bringing back the fond memories of Arsene. Thank Dang. you. I also well, felt slightly bad because I think just before recording, I saw that Unai Emery had won his like. 11th straight game or something like that and that felt like maybe salt in the wound there so I didn't necessarily want to bring that up but here we are I mean that, that's very generous of you Taylor I agree I, I like the sentiment a lot but don't discount the fact that British Arsenal fans they do appreciate self-loathing as all <laughs> British people do so this is a kind of a good period for them at this point in many ways is, is it odd like, Joe have you read have you read uh, Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby before not yet. It's on my list. Uh, so, like, then, Ryan, for you, I don't know if you've read that, but I know that you, like, experienced times when maybe Arsenal weren't the Arsenal that we know of, like, like yesteryear when they're winning everything. Do you feel like this is sort of a return to that time period, or is it just sort of a, a brief downturn in form before Mikel Arteta and his wonderful hair have them uh, winning the World Cup? Yep, they're going to win the World Cup. As much as, <laughs> just like Chicago, as much as I yep. jo- enjoyed, um, just much, as much as I enjoyed Fever Pitch, just imagine if Nick Hornby had written it now, and this was the period when he was like 11 years old and he was first at Highbury and he was at the Emirates, well, it, no one's at the Emirates now, but if this was the period when he developed his love affair with Arsenal Football Club, it I think it would have been a pamphlet, that book. It's quite, it's got 500 pages, I think. It would have been thin. <laughs> but it is like, part of that is the the sort of, experiencing collective misery on a consistent basis binds you together. And then, like, I would say that's what Liverpool fans have had for so long, of not winning the title, and then they finally do, and sort of that consistent inability to win the title maybe brings you together and makes it that much more meaningful. So maybe there is something to be said for, like, this will be... We will get you know, Fever Pitch 2, written by Nick Hornby's child, if he has children. <laughs> and it will be about, I guess it will be less hooliganism. I feel like hooliganism was prominent in that book. I remember the clock end being mm-hmm. asked to attack people. Uh, so maybe we won't get as much of that, but we will just get sort of uh, lots of meandering thoughts on Arsene Wenger and the like. I think um, we'll call it Fever Pitch 2, colon, the Arteta Ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very Watch Michael Bay-esque movie, please. sequel. <laughs> um, yeah. do, I feel like Arsenal may be low-hanging fruit a little bit. Do either of you have any gifts you want to give that are Arsenal-related? Ryan I, is literally shaking his hand in the air as if to get Taylor's attention. I think, I think you've got to go for me it, Me, teacher. Ryan. Me, teacher. I've got an Arsenal bashing <laughs> as well. I want to do an Arsenal joke. Me, too. Um, I've actually got a nice present here for a friend of the show, Alexis Guerreros uh, of mm-hmm. the Cooligans who actually very nicely uh, gave me a recipe for a coquito this week, which um, I've, I've just tried eggnog for the first time this week. And uh, coquito is kind of a Puerto Rican version of the eggnog. It's, I think you, use, you can use like a light rum and it's coconut flavored and it mm. sounds absolutely delightful. I'm going to make one later, actually. So thank you, Alexis. And to return the favor for that, um, I would like to get Alexis Guerreros an iFollow subscription. Um, it costs £140, um, so it's not a cheap present. It's a, it's a video season pass for the EFL Championship. So it's going to come in very handy next season. So I thought I'd, I'd sort of get, get in there in advance to make sure that he... And this is, this is a present that you can give to any Arsenal fan in your life to make sure they can see all the league games uh, next year and live at any, at any time. So um, that, that's one I will give. I will say I have what I do support an EFL team and I follow is garbage. If you thought, say, like the BR... Champions League coverage was bad. Wait till you see what I follow do. So I will ca- I'll caveat that with, with, with the fact that it's not the best product. But, you know, those Arsenal fans are going to need to see their team next season. So I thought I would share the love in that way 
You're welcome. <laughs> How does it rank in compar- like, comparison to some of the more notoriously poorly operating streaming platforms out there? So um, you can only see it on like uh, you can't see you can only see it on your like iPad or your phone if you use Apple products. Like I have an Apple TV. There's no app for it. You can't even put it on your big big TV if you want to. And you've got to work a way of like streaming it from your PC somehow or HDMI cabling it. It's it's like very badly done. There's no pre match or post match. Um, quite often it goes out of sync. Uh, sometimes the feed drops for several minutes. It's wonderful. You, I feel like I, you're. You're unintentionally describing Arsenal right now with everything you just said, so I think that also works. There's no flow to it. It's discombobulated. There doesn't seem to be a lot of planning before or after the game. Yeah, I feel like it works perfectly. I was going to try to get us through this without really drawing attention to the fact that you just said Arsenal are going to be relegated and just move swiftly on as though we all agree that that's going to happen. Uh, I do look forward to when they ironically chant, we are staying up. That is one of the fun things of when your team flirts with the relegation zone and has no business doing so, the the ironic cheers from fans. I'm going to assume you don't actually think they're going to get relegated, Ryan. I don't. We can all dream, but I, I don't really know. Um, but I will say, watching the Carabao Cup game against Manchester City on Tuesday, they were pumping in the artificial crowd noise, and one of the chants I picked up was Arsenal fans singing, "We're by far the greatest team the world we've ever, uh, has ever seen." And I was just sitting there thinking, "This is taking me out of the moment." Now I can see the artifice of this fake crowd chants. Come on, guys! Come on! You could at least tailor it a little better to the read the room. I'd say read the room, fake chant, guys. I love. Uh... Many things about the Sunderland Till I Die series, but in the second season when the Sunderland fans are chanting that and the new Spanish owner, who is clearly the one with the money, who just shows up to be like, oh, this is my new plaything. He shows up for like three games the entire year. He hears them chanting that and somebody very solemnly says like, yeah, they're saying they're the world's the greatest team the world's ever seen. Like it's a, a historical chant. And he is just laughing hysterically at like, oh, those poor lambs. Like what an adorable concept. And <laughs> I will forever think of that every time I hear that chant from now on. Uh, but I think, so Ryan is predicting Arsenal stays up. I think I'll go with that one. Joe, where are you on Arsenal these days? No, I'm with you guys. I think it would be an incredible storyline if they went down. And I'm not, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm not really an Arsenal hater either. I'm somewhere directly in the middle. But, man, I, I can't envision a world where Arsenal are playing in the championship as much as I would like to see Alexis have to follow them with I follow. <laughs> in terms of the Premier League, who, who, like, is the biggest, most surprising team to get relegated in, like, the last 30 years? Like, my guess would be maybe Leeds. Uh, Ryan, maybe this is one for, for your book. Leeds or maybe Portsmouth, like, the year after they win the FA Cup, just kind of plummeting out of the league. Are there any other ones that come to mind? The immediate thought was Leeds, and I thought maybe Aston Villa, because they, you mm. know, certainly in the mm. 90s, even like Norwich were like, they finished like second in the first Premier League or something, but they're not such a big team. But I'd say you, you've nailed it on, on the head with Leeds there. It's right. such a historically big club to go down to have so much failure. Oh, Manchester City as well, quite a big one, who went down to the second division in the late right. 90s as well. So I there's, there's, there's been a few for sure. It's Manchester City's a weird one, though, right? Because it's like, there's Manchester, like, we need a pre, uh, like, Free the current ownership group and post the current ownership group because it's almost two different clubs. And I don't say that disparagingly. It just is the reality of when you have the like sovereign wealth of an oil state financing you, you're going to probably be a little bit better, I would say. 
Yeah, but I mean, Manchester City still weren't a small club before that period. They still had 50,000 people at Main Road. There's still a lot of fans there. They still shouldn't be going down. Oh, Newcastle. There's another one. We should probably lump that in in terms of a massive one-city club who who, uh, really shouldn't uh, go down. And they've done it many times. Yeah, I think that was the other one for me that, like, from the time I really started paying attention to soccer, to the Premier League, that was the one that felt like that's not going to happen. Newcastle won't go down there. Newcastle. There was conversations, will they be the team to make it a big five instead of a big four back when it was a big four? That went the other way instead. Uh, so we don't have Arsenal getting relegated. I don't think we're going to have Leeds get relegated. We'll see if there's a big surprise this season. But we've done some Arsenal teasing. Uh, Joe, who shall we tease or not tease next? Well, speaking of leads, my next gift is for Marcelo Bielsa. And I want to give to Bielsa a year's worth of stats bomb data. And I will explain this and we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. So just hang with me. If you guys remember that whole Spygate thing where, where Bielsa sent a spy over to Derby County's training ground, I believe it was, mm-hmm. to watch Frank Lampard and, and what they were doing in training. In, once he'd been caught, essentially, and once they were about to start an investigation into Spygate, Bielsa called a press conference, and instead of really apologizing and and talking about what actually happened, he decided to give a a, a show of how he and his staff analyze matches. And in this particular production that was under the guise of being a press conference, Bielsa said that he and his staff watched all 51 of Derby County's last games and spent 360 hours preparing for just Derby County. And, and that is an obscene amount of time to be doing almost anything in your life, but certainly to be preparing for one soccer game when we live in a world that has data in it. And, and you can use match data, you can use StatsBomb, which is a, a big data company. You can use that to give you insights into what happens on the field without spending hours and hours, hundreds of hours, and another hundred, and another hundred, and then 60 more hours watching Derby County play soccer. So I want to give Bielsa and really his whole staff at Leeds that data so that they can stop spending all of their free time watching Frank Lampard and they can spend some of it actually, you know, with their families or whatever. Yeah, I do love the idea of it was just so that he could have more footage of just Frank Lampard and not the team. Yeah, he just yeah. wanted to see what Lamps was doing as a coach. I also love the idea of like, like to me that that argument is akin to like getting caught cheating by your teacher and being like, no, but I studied for 40 hours. It's like, that's great. You studied <laughs> for 40 hours. Number one, you didn't need to study for 40 hours. Number two, still caught you cheating. <laughs> like it doesn't really diminish what we're saying you did. I do love that he went for the, the doubling down approach. Uh, Ryan, I know you and Graham talked a little bit about Leeds, uh, this past week. Uh, how are you feeling about Bielsa Ball and all things Leeds these days? Oh, I, I couldn't believe that they won that game 2-6. Uh, so it was, it was very, very impressive of them. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, Marcelo Bielsa. Obviously, he gets a lot of praise and a lot of deserved praise because you look at the squad he's got and it's, you know, a lot of lone players, players from lower divisions. He definitely is punching above Leeds' weight in terms of their squad. And you look at the score, relative squad values of Man United and Leeds, for example, and, hey, 6-2 seems probably about right for that. But I, I think the fact that he brings so much joy with the fact that the difference with Leeds and many other teams will go to Old Trafford is that he'll go for it and he goes for it in every single game and that's obviously wonderful and I'll, I'll go back to that press conference that was one of my favourite Bielsa moments and you said that Taylor he did double down he did that sort of fat Tony what what did I do didn't he didn't, he didn't admit any fault whatsoever we spy all the time in other in other countries it's no big deal and then he also sort of sat there and went 
I'll tell you guys what Frank Lampard does in every single game. Do you want to see? Here it is. And so I laid Frank Lampard's master plan out for everybody to see. So that was that was wonderful as well. Everything that is going to Marcelo Bielsa, I want him to get. Um, whether it's a, a new drone, a new man to go and stand in the bushes outside <laughs> training grounds. A nice new bucket might be nice for him as well. That would be good. And Joe, I'm assuming that makes you a... a- if not a fan of Mar- Marcelo Bielsa, then at least I'm going to assume you enjoy what he does. I respect I respect what Marcelo Bielsa does a lot. Not that he should or does care about my respect for him, but like his ability to to institute a tactical identity in a team is really impressive, right? It doesn't it doesn't always lend itself to great results, which makes me wonder if it's worth instituting at all. But when you play in a defined way, I think that brings a lot of value and entertainment to a soccer game. And when you play with the man-marking style that Marcelo Bielsa plays, you bring a lot of entertainment to a soccer game, even if the entertainment is Manchester United scoring six goals and Scott McTominay looking like the world's best soccer player. Hey, (laughs) entertainment is entertainment, and Scott McTominay is the world's best soccer player. Uh, Right. As was established this week, I think the entire nation of Scotland is now McTominay land. Is that right? McTominay land, that's correct. I think he's renaming himself Maradomine. I think is what he's going by now. <laughs> Ryan, I, I did listen to more than the first five minutes of that show, but I, I was with you as well on the confusion about Graham Ruthven. Had he cooked the turkey that he was contemplating eating? Then I had questions about how long he keeps the turkey in his fridge. It was an interesting conversation about all things uh, holiday meals. It was Turkey gate is real. Turkey gate is real. <laughs> all I can say is it gets dark very early in Scotland. They drink a lot. Confusion can happen. Um, I will not take us to Scotland. I will keep us in the Premier League. Uh, I would like to give the absolutely real and totally tangible invisibility cloak from the Harry Potter series. I want to give that to Jack Grealish so he can continue to operate in weird anonymity and that no one will actually kind of recognize what he's doing so that he will continue to stay with Aston Villa and not get scooped up by Man City to play every other game or make like a 10-minute cameo here and there. It's just... He keeps being linked with teams. He it keeps seeming like he's going to get this hundred million pound move, and then he doesn't. And I'm to go back to Kyle Beckerman for a moment. I remember a long time ago when he was playing well for the U.S. national team. Uh, Daryl tweeted like, "I wonder who's fielding uh, like phone calls at RSL for Kyle Beckerman offers." And I think they responded with like, "We've unplugged the phone." And I think maybe Villa can't do that because we know it's fax machines, but maybe they can shroud him in an invisibility cloak, and then no one will be able to kind of see him that will forget about him and then he'll just reappear next season i'm i'm all for jack Grealish is so good go ahead ryan i was just gonna say uh, jack Grealish is so good i agree joe but i'm i'm all for the premise of what you're offering taylor but if you give jack Grealish a cloak of invisibility this is a man who in the past year and even the past few months has lost his driving license who has Hire, who is engaged in the services of people who operate in the evening hours mm-hmm. and who has generally got up to some hijinks, which I think at a cloak of invisibility might make those aspects of his personality a little more enhanced. So here's where I'm just going to go full nerd. But you also then have the Marauders map where you can see where he is at all times, even with the invisibility cloak. So then Villa have that. They know where he is. The real real world application of this would be, let's just put an ankle monitor on him, then the invisibility cloak. So we know where he is. He can't really leave certain places. But everybody else kind of forgets about him and no big offers come in. That sound good? So you want to, you, you want to put him on parole, basically, is what you want. <laughs> I, I was kind of trying to avoid putting Jack Grealish on parole or house arrest, but here we are. So maybe that gets the job done as well. You never know. 
You never. You well, never I feel know. bad now. I feel bad now for wanting to talk about what Jack Grealish does on the field after you and Ryan apparently now want to put him on parole, which is you know somewhat somewhat fair. But man, if we if we are able to separate the two the two Jack Grealish's Jack Grealish eye, yeah, I'm gonna go Grealish eye. Mm-hmm. Grealish, yeah. that's good. If we can if we can focus on the on field stuff just for a split second and then we can get back to the angle. I suppose if we you uh, like. as a soccer show have to talk about tactics, yes, no, we definitely should. <laughs> we definitely should. He's his ability to create things on the field is next level, right? For where Aston Villa are as a team and as a club right now, his chance creation numbers and his ability to find his teammates in in those really great areas of the field for them to to have goal scoring opportunities. Grealai, Grealai, just the the on field half of him is so good at finding those little moments to slip his teammates in behind or to to create chances for his team. And I tremendously enjoy watching him, and I would continue to enjoy. Watching him, it w- even though it would be difficult if he had that invisibility cloak. Well, no, he doesn't have the invisibility cloak during games. Let's be, ri- guys, you're being ridiculous here. He can only wear the made-up <laughs> invisibility cloak when he's not on the field. That's how it works. Uh, because Come if on, he was wearing right. it during the game, then the referee would never see him when he dives, and he wouldn't get any fouls given to get for him. <laughs> I mean, I do wonder if he would be able to keep it on him as he dove. We, we would have to see. Uh, but until we can find that one out, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you both have a few more gifts to give. I think I have a couple more. Joe, I think it's been a I don't know who the last one to go besides me was, so somebody else can go, whomever wants to. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. This is my time to shine. I've got two more gifts as well, and we can we can figure out the order later on. But I want to go back to the United States of America here and talk about Brian Reynolds. This next gift is for him, the young FC Dallas right back who's had a lot of European transfer rumors surrounding him. Some reports from Tom Bogert and, and others here in the States and, and European journalists as well. I want to give Brian Reynolds a, a Vespa scooter. Because a Ferrari or a Lamborghini was a little bit out of even my theoretical budget. But because so many of the rumors and reports around him have been to Juventus, been to AC Milan, have been to Fiorentina, have been to Roma, it seems like Italy is going to be the destination if if Belgium doesn't make a late push here. And so with him likely headed to Italy, he needs a way to get around, right? He's probably not going to be driving over in Italy. Let's get him a scooter. He can probably run faster than the scooter can drive. But I want to get him a pair of wheels because I want him to feel at home over there in Italy. I think you're correct to avoid Ferrari Lamborghini because I'm, I believe they don't go automatic. And I'm going to guess he, a young American teenager, maybe hasn't yet learned stick. He's been focused <laughs> on uh, his, maybe his on-field pursuits a little bit more. I'm saying that as a person who also cannot drive stick, much to my shame. My wife constantly teases me about it because she can. Uh, but so, yeah, I think the Vespa scooter is the way to go. Are you also going to get him like the gesture lessons that Weston McKinney was taking so he knows how to perfectly <laughs> function in Italy? 
Oh, yeah, my plan is to just have him sit down and watch that one gif of Weston McKenney making the Italian hand gesture over and over again for the entire flight on his way to Italy. And so once those eight, ten hours are gone, he'll be he'll be a pro. I want that montage of him like starting with a fist shake and then slowly loosening it into this. It starts like angry and he doesn't really know how to do it. Slowly he learns (laughs) how. Ryan, you seem perplexed. I'm just going to pick you up on something. My Lamborghini Huracan has a 12-speed automatic uh, gearbox with flappy paddles on the on the steering wheel, just so you know. I, I thought that was a custom job. Of course it was, yeah, but they come standard <laughs> like that as well. If you, if, you, if, you know, if you live on the numbered streets, then you can have one with a, a non-custom job, yeah. That, is, that, that, that statement for me may be entirely incorrect. It is entirely informed by the late Kobe Bryant bought his wife... I believe one of those, I forget which one, she did not drive stick and he paid to have it converted to automatic so that she could drive it. So that is where that's coming wow. from. I'm going to guess they make some sort of model for uh, folks like myself, but of maybe slightly higher means who haven't learned stick but still want to drive a, flash, drive a flashy car uh, poorly, I would add. Uh, so <laughs> I like that, Joe. But do, do you, are you going to fancy up the Vespa at all or is it just going to be a sort of like, do you want him focused on the game? There's no flash to this one at all. No, I want him to focus on the game as he emerges into the, you know, European landscape of things. I want him to have a chance to to acclimate himself into that environment. And then maybe once he establishes himself at Roma or at AC Milan, then he can really move up a level and and get that next level of transportation. I I like this plan. I like it. And I think we can make it a fancier and fancier Vespa uh, as we go. Ryan, any Vespa related gifts you'd like to give out? I think you should um, customize the horn. Just make it extra loud because that comes in very handy in Italy. <laughs> a Vespa with like the, uh, the Mack truck, the semi-truck horn. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, Ryan, any, any more gifts to give? Oh, I've got several more gifts. Um, I I've got, I'd like yeah. to, not only have I got several more gifts, but I've got three gifts for Deli Ali. Do you remember Deli Ali? He used to play for Tottenham. Um, no. so, <laughs> Did he? Yeah, so he, he was a, a former soccer player, Deli Ali. I've got him, well, I'm going to get him, um, a book which I found on Google, Microwave Recipes for One uh, by <laughs> Annette Yates. It's $3.99 in ebook form. Uh, to help Is him, that basically. a real book? Is that a real book? Please tell me that's a real book. Yeah, I'll send you the link if you'd like in a second, if you'd like to get a copy for yourself, because I know you, uh, you're big into microwaves. We'll get in that, into that another day, Taylor. But... Um, yeah, we saw in the Amazon documentary how um, Deli Ali turned his skills to the culinary arts in that he was very impressed with himself for making, was it beans in the microwave? Beans on toast? Beans in the microwave. Yeah. Well done, Deli. Well done. So I'd like to get him to expand the repertoire a little bit. So I'm going to send him this book. I'm also going to send him a new microwave because we didn't establish whether he took the beans out of the can when he microwaved them previously. So I think he probably gets through several microwaves a week if he does uh, still flex those culinary muscles. I love the Um, idea that he thinks microwaves are disposable. Like, yeah, it's frustrating. You can only use it the one time with the can of beans and then you got to get a whole new one every single time. He's got stacks of them outside. Outside his house, he's got his regular trash can, his recycling one, and then his microwave trash can. So he has to put three out on the street every week. It's quite quite an ordeal for him. Um, And the, the other thing I wanted to get was a new ps5 because that's obviously the hot toy at the moment for all the kiddos um and a copy of fifa 21 so just so he can feel what it's like to be in a tottenham match day squad and sort of get that experience i think that'd be really important for him at this stage of his uh, retirement you know to sort of live live back in the glory days he did actually post on instagram the other day who wants a game and i thought you know you, you get him get him a ps5 with a copy of fifa go give him a game get back to it good Ryan, on you daddy I know you like a Simpsons reference. 
about halfway through this, I wanted to go with the stop, stop, he's already dead, <laughs> like, meme, because uh, that was a pretty devastating series of body blows to Deli Ali. Uh, go ahead. It's got, it's got nothing to do with the fact that he came from MK Dons and, uh, and my, uh, my thoughts towards that club or anything. It's nothing to do with that. I think he's I wonderful always. and he deserves everything that's coming. I always Ryan, forget that. Ryan, you've come in harder with so many of these gifts than I could have even ever dreamed of doing. I, which makes me wonder, do you give real gifts to people in your life or are you, do you apply this strategy and this tactic to people you actually know? So when I went through and I made the list of gifts that I was going to talk about on today's show, I realized 100% of them are really mean. <laughs> they're so funny though. Like they're so good. It's not uh, quite well, the spirit of the time. It's not the reason for the season, <laughs> is it? That's the problem. I want to extend it further to just get him, like, the knockoff Halloween candy it, that it's, like, Smickers instead of Snickers. Because, again, from that documentary, he seems to just exclusively eat made-up candy bars. I don't believe that any of those he said were real, Ryan. I know we talked about this in the moment. Still don't believe that some of them. Like, it just felt like the most generic, lazy name for candies. Oh, I can't even remember it? Was what it they were. A crunchy and a curly whirly, I think he mentioned. Yeah, and there was one that more that was like real. the log bar or something. I was just like, that sounds not good at all. <laughs> that sounds like a definitively uh, British selection there. Somebody's never had a microwaved log bar. <laughs> I think maybe maybe he said ba- maybe one of them was Bounty, which then led to an even more drastic conversation because I guess that's just a mounds bar basically. And I do love me an almond yeah. joy, so I'm cool with it. I'm cool with that there one. Uh, since Ryan has gone negative, I'm gonna go. Uh, like slightly terrifying. Uh, I'm going to go for Christian Pulisic. Joe and I talked about him yesterday. A little bit injury prone. I have some concerns. So I'm going to get him the technology from the Michael Bay movie, The Island, where you can just clone yourself and then you have, you know, just ready-made organs and tendons and things for when you're injured and you can just move that over. Sure, those clones become sentient and then you're sort of effectively murdering a person. But if it means Christian Pulisic is going to win the World Cup and the Premier League and maybe the Champions League all at once... And it comes at the cost of other Christian Pulisics falling by the wayside. So be it. I think it's worth it. So I want him to have those ready-made uh, body doubles for when he needs extra parts uh, in a rigorous Premier League season. Remind me of the premise of the island. I mean, I'm a, I'm a wonderful fan of Michael Bay. He's my favorite director. But were you and McGregor, it was you and McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, if memory serves me correct. Were they escaping from the island? They were on the island they were escaping from it? It was like basically the island was a fantasy thing that they said you would go to and then they used that as like, so when your person, spoiler alert for the island, by the way, if you haven't seen it, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Uh, But it was like, it wasn't real. It was like, that was when, let's say like real Ryan Bailey got into a car accident and they needed the organs. Then it was like the clone Ryan Bailey's been called to go to the island, which is this utopic, utopian paradise. But really it's you go in and have your gallbladder cut out or something. Right, that's what I was thinking, because I'm picturing it as a place where they did a lot of running and getting Mm -hmm. a lot of injuries, which sounded reasonably apt. (laughs) Yes, yes. And all wearing, like, sort of semi-futuristic clothing, which I feel like, you know, Christian Pulisic makes some choices as well. So, yeah, I think it it, it all fits. Uh, So I'm going to give him uh, dystopian future technology that allows him to clone himself for medical reasons. Totally normal. Totally normal (laughs) gift that I feel like the Kardashians give each other. Joe, uh, any gifts that you want to give out? Well, before I give out my last gift that I have on my list, I wanted to ask you, Taylor, and, and even you, Ryan, as well, but I say you second because I knew I know you and Jimmy Conrad talked about a similar question to what I'm about to ask. You're talking about cloning Christian Pulisic, right? For health reasons, sure, but that does present the opportunity for us to put 11 of him on the field at the same time, and I know Ryan and Jimmy talked about 11 Tyler Adams versus 11 Weston McKennies, so I want to throw the Christian Pulisic 11 out there. Who would win in a, a three-teamed 
soccer game with three goals on the field somehow. You can change the shape of the field if you need to. But between 11 Pulisic's, 11 McKinney's, and 11 Adams's. I, I think I, I air McKinney on this one. I'll, I'll give yeah. Ryan a moment to think about the variations. But given the injury concerns, I feel like inevitably the Pulisic 11 and the Adams 11 will pick up some injuries faster than the McKinney 11. I don't think I would have said McKinney uh, when he was at Schalke, certainly. I think I'll definitely say him right now because I'm enjoying his form. I'm enjoying his intensity. And I think that is another thing. It's like Tyler Adams is such an amazing player, but also just seems very calm. He seems very chill. That is my... My view of him overall, and Christian Pulisic kind of the same. I don't think of him as being this loud force in the locker room. And I feel like Weston McKinney, 11 of him, they're all going to be trash-talking. They're all going to be trying to, like, one-up the other one in training. And I feel like that leads to, like, Weston McKinney is a goalkeeper, I think, is going to have that necessary intensity and competitiveness <laughs> to keep a clean sheet against his, uh, his cloned counterparts. That was exactly my thoughts as well. Weston McKinney, I think he's quite a bit bigger than the other two players, less injury issues, and generally just a bit more in your face. When a teammate of McKinney's goes down, McKinney's one of the first people to get in the face and sort of pro- protect his teammate kind of thing. And I feel like he- he'd certainly do that if another Weston McKinney went down. So um, uh, I-, 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 would- I would err with him. Here's another question for you. Who would win in a, in a fight? 11 duck-sized Christian Pulisic's <laughs> Or one horse-sized Christian Pulisic? One horse-sized Christian Pulisic. No doubt about it. I mean, that the strength he already has in his legs, and then you turn him into a horse, <laughs> the ability that he has to just kick those ducks one by one, get out of here. I mean, that's over before it even began. Yeah, but he's going to like strain a hamstring mid-kick, and then, and then he's, <laughs> he's limited after that. Now we're in trouble. I appreciate Joe going the, the optimistic route, because I was instantly like, nah, he's going to pull a hammy, and then those little ducks are going to be all over him. It's going to be a problem. I remain I remain firm in my belief that Maradona is up there, but I think if there were one player in their prime that I could clone 11 of and put them on a field and feel confident they would win every single game, it remains Arturo Vidal for me. That will forever be my number one. I think he could do every single job, including uh, murdering opposition players, but then also <laughs> scoring beautiful goals. I would tr- trust him to do both. Maradona feels like he has that same chaotic competitive energy that he could maybe do it i just don't trust 11 maradonas to play any form of defense and i think that's going to be a problem right there do you know my answer to that it's uh, 11 james milners he can play every position he's bigger you know he's got we know he can play every position quite literally i think i think a lot 11 james milners would take a lot of beating they'd have the strategy he's not he's not he's a smart man you know and i I don't think he'd be foolish in any way I'm going to let my answer to that statement reflect who I believe James Milner to be. And I'm just going to say, like, yeah, that sounds right. That's pretty much how I feel like he responds to everything. There was the thing about him measuring rulers to make sure they were definitely accurate in their measurements. Like that, yeah, I think you're right, Ryan. I think that's, that's a good one. It's going to be level-headed. Joe, if you want to throw in one, one competitor to this competition, is there anybody that comes to mind? I feel like I should go with a center back since I've sort of cultivated that as my brand over the years as, as a, a true admirer of the center back position. But I got to go with the guy we already talked about. It's got to be Paul Pogba, right? You think about him at center back. You think about him on the, on the wings, even at, at fullback. He can drive forward with the ball or he could play that number nine. He's got the size to be more of a target man. And then he can also turn you, take one and a half steps and already be halfway to goal, right? I think that's the guy I want in my, 
in in my cloned 11 here and it's funny because we all chose more or less central midfielders who can do other jobs i think that's the answer even dating back to mckinney can you imagine I'm, mean Ariola when he gets 11 times the commission for paul pogba oh imagine the happiest man alive <laughs> but we man we have seen paul pogba ride like four challenges at once a team of 11 paul pogba's I don't know. Is like, can you ima- like you can't even imagine? It's like, like, I can't, I can't imagine, imagine it as that. tanks versus horses in World War One. That's what I imagine it being: is him just running through the opposition. Uh, I have one final gift, Joe. Jo- you guys, okay? I'm gonna retire Arturo Vidal as my answer because I think both of yours were better answers. So well done, gentlemen, and I apologize to Arturo Vidal. Uh, I was <laughs> going to give Weston McKinney the Ballon d'Or, but he's gonna earn that himself, so I don't need to. So instead, my final one is I'm going to give. Uh, ideally, uh, post-vaccine, when the pandemic slows down, uh, this gift will be delivered. So it's going to like be in the, the warehouse until then. But I want to give the entire city of Columbus uh, a liquor voucher and an extra vacation day. I feel like they deserve it for everything they've been through from uh, Save the Crew to this point with a very strange Major League Soccer season for them to end up as champions. I feel like that whole city deserves to celebrate like, en masse. Obviously, we cannot do that right now. So when they can. I think the whole city deserves a day off, a free whatever they want, uh, of liquor, beer, wine. Maybe you want a hard seltzer. Go that route. Maybe you don't need anything at all. You can just get, you know, your beverage of choice and then enjoy their day because I think the city of Columbus needs it and deserves it. Well, just before we came on air, it was announced that Bradley Wright Phillips is uh, also heading to Columbus. So perhaps um, is he getting in on the boozy action as well, Taylor? I mean... He could. I, I've seen that man in a club before. He was very calm. He was not going overboard. So maybe he could be the kind of calming presence if the festivities get a little <laughs> bit on. too lively. Hold on. Tell the story. When did you see Brandy Rifle lives in a club? Uh, it was so. It was after uh, All Star, I think it was in Atlanta. Uh, the we Smash were Mouth with, song. You mean? What's that? The Smash Mouth <laughs> song. You went to see it. Smash Mouth. <laughs> yes. Right. Of course. Of course. Uh, and I think there was a few there was a few MLS All-Stars there, but Bradley Wright Phillips was there. He had the like the fanny pack diagonal look that I guess is how you carry your valuables these days. I, I was not sporting that one. I think Alexis, we're with the Cooligans and Alexis, as he uh, is inclined to do, slowly migrated towards Bradley Wright Phillips and I think did end up like next to him and they had a conversation. Uh, but yeah, that, w- that was interesting to see, but he wasn't going overboard he wasn't in his own like booth with uh several bottles that's more the style of certain former dc united players uh but no i think it was he was just nice and level-headed and so yeah maybe he'll bring that level-headedness to the uh columbus crew festivities bwp seems to me like a guy who would drink tea at a club just i don't know why i have that perception of him just so calm on the field maybe calm in the in the bar as well i don't know i, I, yeah, I, I don't see i don't think he was drinking i don't want to like out him too much here uh but yeah i think he was just sort of enjoying his time hanging out with some people it was a good party it was a good time ryan you seem befuddled yet again you do know i don't know if either of you have been to a british nightclub but we all do just drink tea and <laughs> we drink tea and we listen to fat boy slim and have a jolly lovely time I thought you all just apologized to each other while drinking tea. I thought it was all, yeah. oh, terribly sorry, terribly sorry, terribly sorry. That's, <laughs> is that not a British club? Exactly. If someone's elbow slightly spills someone's tea, it's terribly sorry, oh boy. Let me get you another cuppa. Ryan, I, I have seen Jordy Shore, my friend, and <laughs> I, I am aware that the lies are happening right now from your face. Uh, so uh, instead of uh, fibbing about British culture, I will forever love the, that other meme of how Americans see Brits and it's all dapper men in three-piece suits and how the rest of the world sees Brits and it's just drunk people passed out in the street. I feel like you're trying to promulgate the, uh, the classy, sophisticated tea-drinking nightclub uh, British uh, look. 
So, instead of continuing with your lies, your slander and your lies, <laughs> Ryan, uh, any other gifts you want to give this holiday season? Yeah, I've just realized I don't need to promote Britain anymore. Erling Haaland's made his choice. So, yes. um, yeah, that, that, that ship has sailed. Uh, Eunice I- Musa hasn't, though. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so, I've got a... I've got a- I've actually got several more, but I'll give you a couple Please. more choices. I did, uh, I did um, tease Maurizio Pochettino earlier in the show. I did actually pick him out something. Um, Maui Jim sunglasses. Uh, Maui Jim apparently is a popular brand of sunglasses, but this is not just any pair of Maui Jim sunglasses that I've picked out, guys. Um, there is an official Manchester United range of Maui Jim sunglasses because, I don't know if you knew this, but they are the official vision partner of Manchester United. I'm putting a link in the chat right now because, of course, Manchester United have an official vision partner. So if you take care to take a look at the link I've sent you, and I encourage anyone at home to check it out, there are one, two... There's four... No, there's several different types of Manchester United. There's like, oh gosh, there's like 30 different Man United kind of sunglasses you can pick from. The Glory Glories are $329. The Trebles are $400. So there's play- I'll get him some Trebles because he should aspire to those, should Mirko Pochettino. The only problem is, as I mentioned earlier about the, uh, the climate situation in Manchester, no one has ever actually needed sunglasses in Manchester before. They've never been used in that area of the world. No one's ever needed them. <laughs> I mean, I think Nolan Lee and Gallagher had a pair, but they wear them at night time, so that's different. That's it. I, you've, made me, you've made me frustrated with my team, more so than I already was, because I have to believe that Ed Woodward was frantically looking at two documents, and like one was a transfer for early Holland, and one was the official sunglasses, part, or vision partner, excuse me. I'm just like, vision, I need the vision one. That one's way more important. And now here we are. So thanks for that, Ryan. But I'm sure Pochettino will appreciate his sunglasses that... Uh, he can't wear until maybe he gets them into Europe, and then when they go play in Spain or Portugal, then he can utilize them. So it all works that way. I mean, for the man who has everything, I think the perfect gift is a $400 pair of Manchester United official vision partner sunglasses. Frankly, I think that's absolutely perfect. And what, as I say, maybe he can use them on some away trips, some continental games or something, because go. he'll have no use for them should he end up in Manchester. I thought that, might, <laughs> that gift might enlighten you, Taylor, the, the prospect of Poch actually heading to the theatre of dreams. No, it just makes me feel like they're going to sign more ludicrous sponsors and not focus on the <laughs> things that they actually need to sign. So that's, uh, that's a fun one that feels a little bit too real, right? Feels a little bit too real. Feels a little bit too real. Okay, well, if you want something real as well, can I, can I offer you one more gift to close out Please. with? It's, uh, it's for another Premier League manager, Sean Dyche at Burnley. Um, I don't know if you remember this story, guys. It sort of broke earlier this year. Burnley's assistant manager, Ian Wone, he recalled the time that Sean Dyche went to the Grand Canyon. Uh, quote from Ian Wern, we got to this incredible place. We looked over the rim for two minutes and he said, all right, I've seen it. Let's go. Uh, Wern said, you've got to be kidding me. And he just looked at me and said, I've seen it. What else have I got to see? I'm just looking at this big hole. That was Sean Dyche's takeaway from seeing the Grand Canyon. And to be fair, I actually went on TripAdvisor and I looked at the top attractions in Burnley. There's, uh, there's, there's Townley Hall, which looks like an old residence. There's a singing, ringing tree, which is a pipe... Uh, like an installation looks like a tree made of pipes that apparently makes noise in the wind turf moor is down in seventh of the things to do in burnley it's a there's an absolute plethora of things to do in burnley no wonder he's unimpressed by the grand canyon and it's a tremendous natural scale there's so much to do in burnley um but what i actually have got for him i've gone on etsy and i can send you this link as well guys there is a grand canyon topographic map glass so when Sean Dyche is having his evening beverage he can sort of admire 
the curves and the curves. Ooh, that sounded a bit too raunchy. The uh, the lines of the Grand Canyon that he so um, that he so readily dismissed, and more importantly, <laughs> I I wanted to get him something to wash down the food he likes to eat, and that reminds me of another Sean Dyche story. A teammate of him uh, of his previously claimed that Sean Dyche used to eat worms. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do worms? remember that. He's denied it, but and, and you know, let's defend him. Worms. I've actually read this. Uh, they can be eaten, and they offer impressive protein content along with calcium, iron, and essential amino acids. This, that's I'm a sure that's why he worms. was eating them. I'm sure. So I'm, I'm, I wanted to, you know, to go along with his glass and his nice evening port or whatever he has when he's admired the many wonderful sights of Burnley. Not some actual worms. I'm not going to get him a bag of worms to go with it. I found a giant gummy worm at CandyStore.com, which is 27 inches long. It weighs seven pounds. It is $41. I think that is the perfect... If, if, if he's going to eat worms, this is the worm that he needs to eat. It's 27 <laughs> inches long. You're welcome, Sean. I watched a guy eat worms once. True story. It was Was weird. it Sean Dutch? It was a biker. Uh, who my I was like six years old, and my dad had represented the biker gang, uh, and so we went to their like celebration party, and I think there was a guy named Worm Eater, and six year old Taylor was like, "Why are you named Worm Eater?" And he proceeded to eat worms, and <laughs> it maybe cemented my idea that bikers are terrifying and uh, maybe not necessarily human, and I feel like that's how I feel about Sean Deitch. So it seems like the commonality is if you want to be intimidating, eat worms. I guess. I have a few questions for you, Taylor. Was the biker <laughs> sure. gang called the Hell Satans? <laughs> they were nice the sisters. invaders, sadly. The invaders, excellent. Yes. And when you say your dad was representing them, was he wearing the invaders' leather jacket and at the front of the pack, or was he representing them in a more legal capacity? Uh, more legal capacity. Uh, no, I do believe he and his then like law partner showed up in their like very preppy-looking bow-tie suits to the biker gang party. They stood out. So did I in my like pastel and khakis for a party that we were going to because I think my dad was like, oh, I, this is what I think a party is, so I'm going to dress accordingly. The biker idea, a little bit different than the, uh, the law schooler, <laughs> I guess. Now, go, and I've go, gotta... <laughs> go, go ahead, Jack. No, sorry. I don't want to transition us away from worms too quickly because yeah. I understand how important that is, but... I want to go back to the Grand Canyon for a second as the show's – I'm going to claim myself as the show's mm-hmm. resident southwestern United States expert given that I live in that portion of the country. It's a very specific, um, specific uh, re- like role you function uh, within the show. But yes, you are that expert. That is true. I'm getting business cards for that, right? I think that's <laughs> – we'll talk about that later. That's, I might but, get uh, that. As someone who lives in the state of Arizona, we have the Grand Canyon here. It's, I, I sort of claim it as belonging to all of us. And I went there you know, somewhat recently – and it is beautiful. It is breathtaking. It is, yes, a hole in the ground, to give credit to Sean Dyche, but it is, it is breathtaking. And it has me wondering if, if this particular Burnley manager appreciates anything other than a low 442 block. And I think the answer is no. I think he only finds joy and delight in that 442. And uh, I think we need to work on changing that. And I'm not sure exactly the best way to go about that, but I'm already brainstorming ideas. Well, he so- likes worms as well. <laughs> right, right. Worms and four, four, two blocks. Yeah. I will say this: that that anecdote, like this, may come as a surprise. The person who I think would have responded the exact same way is Daryl Grove. He absolutely, I think, would have been like, "All right, but can we go find like a good cup of tea? Let's get some good food." I think he would have been <laughs> to the Grand Canyon for about five minutes. So maybe it is just uh, a certain English mentality, Ryan. If you went to the Grand Canyon, or if you've been to the Grand Canyon, would you? Do you think you'd be into it? Would you want to see all the aspects of it, or would you be like, yeah? Yeah, okay, moving on. 
Let's go see what else you, is out there. Do you know what? I, this is going to sound terrible. I did go to the Grand Canyon several years ago, and I went on a trip to Las Vegas, and we got this little package trip where we had to take a little flight in a terrifyingly small plane. Uh, and it, uh, it was very hot in the desert flying over, and they say there's like heat pockets, which cause the plane to undulate, go up and down very far. And the guy, I was a bit like anxious about it, and there's a guy sitting to the left of me. He's like, um, don't worry about this undulation. It's due to the heat pockets in the desert. I, I'm a, I've been a pilot for 40 years. This plane can drop about... About 260 feet before we need to start worrying and we had this big drop just just as he said that with this big drop and he went that was about 300 feet <laughs> like, okay great <laughs> but um when we actually got there we had all this travel to get there and i did kind of feel like yes this is stunning but we only got about half an hour there and it is just a big hole in the ground to be fair if I'm going to be negative about it, I want to go back and give it a second glance of appreciation. I want to do the thing where you go down it and you sort of, you can camp down there as yeah. well. I, I, I deserve a better Grand Canyon experience than the one I got, I think, is, is my answer. But I can kind of see if Sean Deitch was in a bad mood that day, he might have been a bit dismissive. He might have been thinking about that low block and how he wanted to get back to um, seeing, seeing those lovely sights in Burnley as well. I prefer, I prefer to think that it was like uh, he went the Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec route and they went all the way to the Grand Canyon and then he was just like, where are the presidential faces? Where are the big faces that they've carved? I don't know where those are. So maybe, maybe that's what it was. He just had different expectations. Uh, we are, I think, running up against some deadlines, some other obligations. So uh, very briefly, do either of you have any more gifts you wanted to give? Uh, J- Joe, anything else on your list? I've got one last one that I'll deliver very quickly. I want to give Zlatan Ibrahimovic his own workout show on cable television. I desperately want that to happen. He's 39, and yes, he actually is out with a bit of a calf injury right now. But at 39 with AC Milan, he's scored 10 goals in the six Serie A games he's played this season and is, you know, for all intents and purposes, as fit now as he has ever been. And I want to learn the secrets. I want to learn them. And I think the best way for me to do that is to tune in to uh, working working out with Ibra on ABC every Monday morning. I, I think my favorite aspect of that would be with some of those like like pre-recorded workout things, you'll have the instructor like giving you positive feedback, even though obviously they can't see what they're doing. We're like, you're doing it. Keep it going. And I just love that Zlatan's would all be negative. Like, that's not good enough. It must Work be Work harder. Yeah. <laughs> Do it Someone like Zlatan does the- it. I, I think I would watch <laughs> that workout show. Someone in their late 30s, I think I'd really love to see that. Someone of a relatively similar age to me in their prime uh, doing that. I would say, though, I've started using the Apple Fitness Plus thing, and I really like it. Uh, Apple, another one of my sponsors, along with LegalZoom, by the way. We should cover that off later. <laughs> but um, uh, the, you need quite a lot of room to do these workouts. And I worry that up and down the nation, you'd see like holes in walls from when Zlatan's telling you to sort of karate kick uh, nine feet in the air and stuff. So there, there would have to be a little bit of caution exercise with that, I think, Joe. No, it makes, it makes good sense. I think we can work all those details out, but we just got to start with that contract and get him, get him ready to sign on to my workout plan. Is he, <laughs> is he a third person guy? I, I, I feel He's like gotta he be. is, right? I'm but sorry. I, I don't think I've you... ever heard him say I. But I don't know if I've ever heard him say Zlatan. Like, Zlatan is great. No, yeah, Zlatan is his I. Like, when you say I, I think Zlatan says Zlatan. He doesn't use pronouns, he uses slow nouns? Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the shame you should feel for that. Uh, Ryan, any more, any more gifts from you? I'll just squeeze in one very, very quick one. I went on the UEFA store for Euro, uh, Euro 2020. There is a replica 150 millimeter acrylic UEFA 2020 trophy, which I'm going to give to Gareth Southgate just so we can get 
used to the feel of it in his hands for next summer because you know it's going to be a big moment there's going to be a lot of cameras on him a lot of people watching hopefully a lot of people in the stadium as well at Wembley um, when he gets to lift that trophy so I just wanted to you know just get him used to the concept of it a nice little replica Euro 2020 trophy do they make also, trophies for when you don't get out of the group stage we we got Scotland in our group. Come on, we got we got a gimme into this uh, into these knockout oh, rounds. Wow. Come on, Tay Tay, easy, wow. easy, Tiger. But I do like the idea. It's 139 euros. This replica trophy. I want to know the person who is going to the UEFA store to buy a replica European Championships trophy. It's not like the most beautiful trophy. It's not like I can get it if you wanted to buy a Champions League or a Premier League trophy or something. The European Championships trophy, 139 euros. It's a strong one, isn't it? It feels like a thing Boris Johnson would buy, except that it has connections to Europe. And as you've already established, Ryan, he doesn't want those. So maybe he gets one and then just like crosses out Euro and writes in like English. And that's how we this do one it. is actually I'm looking at the website right now. It is shipped from the EU, so it would never actually make it into the UK now anyway, unfortunately. Well, you could just have like a poorly made one that doesn't quite look right. And that could be made in England. And then we're good. <laughs> it, it all works well. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you say that. <laughs> I appreciate both of you coming up with some lovely gift ideas uh, for this holiday season. But my final gift would just be, uh, obviously, we're in different locations and we're not supposed to be you know, physically contacting. But it would be just distant uh, digital hugs for both of you because you all stepping up. I've, I've talked about it before, but I would just like to say it one more time. Like it has allowed me to be at home. I'm gesturing towards uh, where my wife and baby I thought were, but they've moved on, uh, sadly. But like that has allowed me to be here, to be present, to be like focused on on you know the birth of a daughter, which has been a really wonderful thing. But it's been a less stressful thing because you all have done such an amazing job and just really just picked it up and run with it and made my life incredibly easy. And so I just wanted to just give you both uh, Christmas hugs for uh, that work and just being really wonderful. So thank you both very much. I feel warm and swaddled. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> I am getting better at, at swaddling. You, baby. I'm getting good with swaddling. So that's good. I'm glad it made you feel that way. That's what we're going for. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, Ryan Bailey, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. My pleasure, darling. And Joseph Lowry, darling. I can't pull it off. Uh, thank you for taking <laughs> the time to talk to me today. Anytime, Taylor. Uh, listeners, this will be the last show of the week. We're going to take some time off for the holidays, but we will be back next week in some form that we haven't yet agreed upon. But until then, uh, we will talk to you soon. 